The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection today. We're exploring a topic that I've wanted to explore for a really long time, and that's the topic of the use of psychedelics and microdosing in healing, and for our intensive purposes too, strengthening that connection with your inner wisdom. So Casey, if you could please just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Normally, I know I do the introductions, but I just got over a case of COVID and my left brain is not working the way it normally does, so... Sure, sure. Yeah, my name is Casey Garrett. I am based in Northern California, and I've been in the healing arts now for coming up on 26 years. And when I was introduced to microdosing, it was really, really appealing to me for several reasons. One is I have a very, very sensitive nervous system. And I have always worked with a lot of very sensitive people, empaths, artists, and creatives who, you know, really can get destabilized very, very quickly. A little bit goes a long way, overstimulated very easy. So doing drugs recreationally was absolutely never appealing to me. Medicinally, yes, but I was always afraid of kind of the the trip scenario and being completely out of control. So when I was introduced to the idea of taking small doses of these medicines and earth medicines that are completely natural, that I would retain my grounding in, you know, this realm, in the conscious realm, but still accrue the medicinal benefits. That was really, really interesting to me. So at the time there wasn't a lot out there. So I went really low and very slow and kind of took careful notes of my experience. And it has been Amazing. Um, I've studied so many different modalities and healing disciplines and microdosing practice has been the most, the most healing of all the many things that I have done. So it has really impacted my physical healing. I personally cured a seizure disorder that I had for many years that started in my late teens that I believe was linked with nervous system dysfunction, linked to trauma. And since I began microdosing practice, I've had zero seizures, zero aura, 
uh, tremendous spiritual development, tremendous increase and enhancement in my intuition and intuitive abilities, mental and emotional regulation and balance. So I really personally experienced firsthand that it does affect your whole self in all ways. And started working with other people. We launched our group programs about 18 months ago now and have really, really witnessed this in everyone. So that's part of the beauty of it is no matter what you come to, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, over time, you're going to get the benefits of all of the above. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about how does it work? What does microdosing mean? Yeah. What are the details, the logistics? Mm -hmm. So the term microdosing is really our modern version of something that has been done across history and cultures for tens of thousands of years. So in indigenous traditions and other places, it's called a dieta is a known word, a plant diet where you are intentionally working with natural medicines with the spirit of those medicines for varying intentions. So microdosing the term has really been a kind of a Western modern, you know, container, container for a discipline that's been around for a long time. So it is taking small subperceptual doses of these medicines so that you are not altered in any way. You're not tripping in any way. You're feeling benefits, but you're not feeling distorted in any way. Wow. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. I had a client that did a dieta. Uh, with ayahuasca. Now she had done several ayahuasca ceremonies as well, but then she did, I think it was like a month and she was by herself and microdosing every day. I guess that's what she was doing. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, she had a whole, it was, it was supervised. It was a very cool experience for her, but okay. So it's small doses, which is why they call it microdosing. And so you're not tripping out at all. You're not having those kind of experiences. So you're just connecting with the energy of the plant without having the big, potentially destabilizing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, 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 very cool. And we were talking a little bit before we went live about just, I'm so fascinated by the lineage of these medicines, all of them. When I was getting my counseling degree, people that know my story know this was after my intuition awakened. And I said, hey, I'd like to have some kind of grounding for this gift that's coming through. And I went back and got my master's in counseling, which led to my license. But in that process, I took this amazing class called Advanced Multicultural, which was basically looking at shamanism and looking at ourselves as practicing counselors through that lens of you are the shamans of you know this era and how everything his the professor's premise, and I think it was a very good one, was that all healers all religious people, probably all teachers, coaches, like everybody in that helping kind of, you know, role are really just practicing shamanism. And we looked back at all the different ancient practices and it was fascinating. So different cultures and and compared them to things that were relevant now and things that weren't relevant now. And one of the things that came up was plant medicine. And at this point, this was about 12 years ago. So plant medicine was not so mainstream. I mean, now I can go and get continuing education from anywhere, you know, to get for my license on uh, the use of psychedelics in psychotherapy. So it's pretty mainstream now. I think to me, that's the gold standard of mainstream when you can get, you know, you're continuing ed from it. But back then that was not a thing. And I remember thinking like, yeah, no, I would never like have my people do these weird drugs. (laughs) 
<laughs> so even yours truly's thinking has shifted a lot over the last 12 years. And I've had both clients and friends have these amazing experiences on psychedelics. Oftentimes the good ones are usually ones that were used medicinally and used in a supportive environment. But as I was telling you before we got on the show, I did have a client years ago, you know, have a life transformative experience on a, just a recreational acid trip. And so I think these medicines, however you use them can be really potent. I also know that I think that when we use something to escape reality, you know, that's a very different energy than when you use something to augment and enhance the life that you're living now. I don't know what you think about that, but that's kind of what comes through. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of what the foundation of the work that I do is really to create that container and that path and that journey and accompaniment for people because it is intention is everything and being held through the experience and guided through the experience is everything. We live in such a consumer society that we're always looking for something external to ourselves. And so it is a huge mind shift to work with natural medicines because it's you that's doing the healing innately. It's not something outside of yourself. As you heal innately, you are less drawn to seek those external things. And so that's why we do see the great reduction in addiction, addictive behaviors, and many other kind of disorders that we have because this driving conditioning to look outside of ourselves. However, when we use them, it is very difficult in this consumer society where we want to go to the extreme right away. And we feel entitled to go to that extreme right away as an experience versus a healing path that we kind of apprentice ourselves to slowly over time. And that's not the way it was done. Like in indigenous tradition and native cultures, it was seen as rite of passages. It was something you work toward. It was something you earn in society versus it's only in modern times that we would ever conceive of like, hey, I want to do a trip this weekend. Right. You know, you know, that's very new. And so how do we reintroduce and remember these practices in modern times, yet set the conditions, the container, kind of the guardrails around ourselves right. so that we do it in a responsible, intentional, safe way. So there was a sense that you need to be ready for this. You need to be prepared for this. You need to be ready for the medicine to work with you. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. A lot of the guides I know now, and when I say guides, I mean kind of the people who work at the higher dose journey guides. It's good that you mentioned that because on this show, we usually mean spirit guides. <laughs> guides. <laughs> yes. The human kind, the human kind guides um, who have been doing this for many, many years now. A lot of them, when you talk to them, they became guides because of their earlier experience that they had when they were younger and they they created for others what they wish they had for themselves then because many many people do it in their 20s and yes it's a recreational experience but yes it's as you mentioned your client had a very uh, profound awakening unexpectedly that right. can happen and so if you're not ready for that it can be really deeply destabilizing right. if you are doing it when you're kind of unprepared for that level of depth of experience. Right. Well, in her case, she had a profound experience. It lasted, but then she kept chasing more. You know, she did more and more and more and more and more until she realized, you know, I was giving her that feedback, but we have to learn on our own that dropping acid every two weeks 
was not really great for her life. It wasn't really great for her mental, emotional health. Like it was destabilizing. So yeah, we have this one good experience, but then we chase more. Because mm-hmm. again, we don't understand that the experience was given to us through the medicine, but it was, it's us, it's you, it's, you have to put it into your life. You have to live with it. It's not that you just go chase, chase, chase more, mm-hmm. right? You don't find it there. Integration is everything. Yes, right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's, Cause I've heard that term integration mm-hmm. thrown around. I have no idea what it means. So let's talk. Yes. It's exactly what you just spoke to. It is really taking the growth, the opening, the awakenings that you have in your experience and really integrating them into into your daily life, into your relationships, into the work you do, into the way you move through the world. There's no sense in in having these deep openings and awakenings if you can't kind of bring it back to earth. And so that's the integrative piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've always taught people um, that have come to me with these kinds of experiences. Just, you know, that's what always comes through intuitively is that this is a gift. This is an opening, but it's not, you don't chase it there because you don't want to live your life on substances and the substances, they have side effects, especially at the higher doses, you know, cause I've seen a lot of people that have had really bad experiences with taking too much drugs in this young woman's case too. it threw off her mood. You know, it, it caused tremendous mood instability to be, you know, going mm-hmm. on acid trips every two weeks. It was not good for her even though she had had that one profound experience that was completely Mm life-changing. Yeah, I think as we go on, I mean, right now it's very, you know, buzzy and and trendy and and the medicine, but it's really not, you know, secretly among guides and people, it's really not about the medicine. It's really about spiritual work deep, deep down. And so once that's one of the surprising pieces when people begin microdosing, especially the people who do it for physical health reasons, we're so conditioned by the Western pharma concept of medicines that we think it's something that we need to keep taking over and over and over to, to maintain. And right. it's so it's, it's very, very novel for them to go, oh, I don't have to keep utilizing the medicines. Once I heal, I heal. Right. And it's resolved. And so my own experience of, you know, my seizure cessation, I was very curious once I stopped microdosing, doing the physical practice of microdosing, will they return? Right. No, not even a single moment. And so I have a deep knowing that whatever it was in me innately has healed to such an extent, it's not reliant on any external condition mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. I want to just pause there because that's huge and that's profound. And sadly too, I think it's, oh, I'm getting a little emotional. It runs counter to what we're taught in modern medicine, which is so deeply disappointing that so many of us learn you have to take this pill and you have to take this pill for life because you know someone's making money off of that and the pill has the power to keep you well yes yes well and also a huge part of what's missing from our modern condition is changing the circumstances of the world we live in you know so many people are suffering right now and the western medicine will tell you there's something wrong with you right when for many people, yes, there are certainly cases where your chemistry is off and you need, it's a biological basis of your dis-ease and discomfort. But in a large majority of cases, it's the way we are living that yeah. is causing us to suffer. And so too much of modern medicine is about fixing us and maintaining right. us and less about let's change the external conditions that we're living and operating in. That's lasting health to me. 
Right. But I also think too, you said something else in there that I think is so important. I think whenever we're focused on fixing ourselves, right, we're thinking something's wrong. We are focusing on the fact that we think we are broken and we need to be fixed and we don't. We all have everything that we need inside of us. We have everything that we need to heal and live in harmony, internal and externally. And I believe every substance, even the ones that are prescribed by your doctor, are working with your energy. They're working because they're working with you. And I think it's just such a disservice that most of medicine and most of the world teaches people that, you know, you're, and I think it's based on unconscious, hopefully unconscious, maybe sometimes more intentional than I'd like it to be. Idea that I need you to need me. And in order to need me, I need to tell you something's wrong with you (laughs) that only I can fix. And to me, that's the most disempowering messaging out there, friends. Don't buy it. Don't buy it because there's nothing wrong with you. And everything in this world is here to support you and support what's innately wonderful, perfect, and growth-oriented and is already within you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think like, to me, it's such a clear, it's no coincidence that earth medicines, I think we're re-remembering their place at the same time we're starting to question this narrative of deep disempowerment of we need an authority to tell us what to do, what to take, how to be, and start to question (laughs) really is that, is that what is best for, for the planet and for our species? So yes, absolutely. And so plant medicine is really more about self-empowerment, right? It brings you back to you. Absolutely. Yes. Many people who start, it's really, really sweet. You know, part of the beginning process is you know, figuring out your dose, but a big, big part of it is just reconnecting with yourself. And it's very sweet when part of, you know, your intuition of your, your dosing and your connecting with the medicine is based on your intuition. And so many people start and they're like, my intuition's been quiet for decades now. (laughs) And I don't even know like how to look for it. And so it really is just the most profoundly healing part is really reconnecting with yourself getting back in touch with your inner voice because so many people have been disconnected from their own nature for so many years. Right. Yeah. It's beautiful. And what my guides are telling me right now, and you'll tell me if this is true, but because the plant medicines haven't been encumbered so much the way so many of our using the terms chemical medicines and to some extent, even herbal now, but they're saying mostly the chemical ones, the herbal ones have a little bit less of this going on still. It frees us up more that the plants will naturally call to us and naturally speak to us. It's easier for us to have that more, and again, this is coming from the guys, that more loving and cooperative relationship with some of these plant medicines than it is for us to have with the medicines that come from our doctors, just based on sort of the lineage and the fact that they have, they've been used in the past. They're less contaminated. Um, I don't mean like physically contaminated. I mean, kind of energetically. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really beautiful too. Yeah. I've seen firsthand in our groups, the medicines really call in people. There's an energetic connection to people that bring people together. Um, Mushrooms in particular, we joke, like they will keep calling you. If mushrooms are your medicine, like they will keep calling you in all kinds of creative ways. But it's amazing how many people whether it's in dreams or just daydreaming or visions, or sometimes people move into higher dose experiences, all kind of see a similar vision of the future. 
that Mm -hmm. nature is leading us toward together. And so all these different ways that people, you know, people ask, well, how do I get there? A lot of it is, as we said, in terms of like, which medicine is your medicine? Everybody's medicine will be different, but it's all calling us to the same destination. I love that. And I want to say too, just uh, to be clear, I'm not telling, neither of us are telling you to stop taking your chemical medicine. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not about that. And I also believe we can have the same relationship with everything in this world right? Everything in this world, you can have this relationship with. Your intuition is yours and it works all the time. I think what the guides were trying to communicate is that there are certain areas that are just less encumbered. It's just easier to make that connection. And because plant medicines have always been used in this context of empowerment, not always, they say, but but more mm-hmm. so than other things, there's an assistance there. There's a lineage there that's very supportive of using medicine in a more empowering way that we may not find in the little prescription bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can speak, especially with you and your audience, will understand framing it this way. One of the most deeply, deeply healing elements of mushroom work that I have seen in people is it really increases their resonance and their vibration they start to vibrate at a different frequency. You can see it, you can feel it, and you can even see it through Zoom, which has been really amazing to me to see. And the people in our lives that are the most sensitive to energy and frequency, which tend to be animals, babies, and interesting neurodiverse people have a different sensitivity to energy and resonance will be drawn to people once they start microdosing practice. And so it's a magnetism that happens and that's where we're going. And so a lot of the shift for our species evolution that the planet is like, yes, come on, we need to move into this new resonance of being and drop a lot of these old, denser, heavier resonances and the lifestyle choices that are keeping us trapped in these heavier, denser resonances. So yes. Right. Yes. And I think it's true, although I, I do believe in shortcuts and that I think that, you know, there's lots of different ways when we start to shift in just one area, right? It's like dominoes, like everything else will kind of shift in accordance. And so it's sort of wherever you crack that door open to get the shift. And for some people, if that's microdosing, it's microdosing. For other people, it's meditation or just committing to take a daily walk on the beach or awakening, you know, taking some intuition development classes, but wherever that is, it's going to have changes throughout everything, right? It's going to, as that vibe starts to raise then your whole life, it's like, (laughs) it kind of starts to take care of itself. That's exactly it. Yeah. It amplifies what's already there. It catalyzes intention. And so everything just amplifies and magnifies with all a beautiful example of this. I work with a lot of people who have had deep contemplative intuition and spiritual practices for 40, 50 years. Some of them they're in their seventies now and they kind of come in there and they're called to start practice. And they're like, I wonder how much deeper, you know, I'm pretty deep at this point. I wonder how much more there is. And they have been amazed by how much more there is like how much farther they can go. And so I see because of their kind of great success is the right word, but because of their tremendous success with the practice, it's a great example of pointing people toward what are the things that will lay the foundation for you to create the conditions 
for your own growth in this manner. So people that are brand new to the healing arts um, completely, it's these little things. It's developing a meditation practice, you know, training yourself to get up with the sunrise each day, doing some internal arts, martial arts practices. All of these things will just lay the foundation and then your earth medicine practice will just amplify and enhance what you've already created. It's so funny what you just said. This is totally off topic, but I was having some sleep issues for a while and I was totally mad that I had to get up at the sunrise every day and I could not sleep past sunrise. And I'm so happy that I can sleep in now. (laughs) So you mean I was like doing something spiritual there, waking up with the sun? Yes. (laughs) Darn it. Too late. I cursed it, man. I was like, I need to be able to sleep in if I want to. Oh, that's really funny. Well, see, got to trust yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, I think that all makes really, really beautiful and good sense. All right. I have another question though. What would you say to the hypothetical person? People can't see me pointing at myself. You know, say they did mushrooms in college and they had a terrible experience, like really terrible, like maybe like a six and a half hour panic attack. What do you say to that person who's like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that stuff again. Yes. We've had many of those uh, people come to practice. One, I think microdosing is really, really a good solution for those people because they're confident that they're not going to step back into a situation like that again. They're not going to be distorted in any way. So that's another, you know, percentage of the population that comes. And usually it's all to do with setting. Okay. Is the main thing. Like when they describe to me the context of, of when and where they were and what they were yeah. doing. Like they, in hindsight, they're like, well, what was I expecting? Yeah, it's usually the setting. And so having more intention and mindfulness around the setting and how they're approaching the practice makes all the difference in the world. And does that make a difference with microdosing as well as dosing dosing? Yes, to a lesser extent, but yes, we also work with setting and just in terms of the greater context of our lives, right? It's it's noticing more, paying attention to the energy that we're around. You know, if you're in a workplace that's really, really, really stressful and toxic and is keeping you on edge for eight hours a day, once you get into medicine practice, you're going to feel that even more with the intention being it's to get you out of that situation because you cannot grow and thrive in that situation. And so it does in some ways make you more sensitive. You feel more, but it's clarified in such a way to enable you and empower you to make changes in your life so that you are in an energy where you're not like a lot of times people completely stop watching television. Right. It just not through any effort or intention. It just happens because they realize that the negative energy that that creates, it's, it's no longer, they don't want that in their life anymore. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. It makes sense. And I think too, when we increase our sensitivity, but in a way that we can handle, because some people are just turned so far up. This was me for most of my childhood. Like, you know, everything was so overwhelming. Like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't discern what I needed to turn down. And sometimes too, we get so overwhelmed that we turn up, we eat more junk food. We watch more like violent things because like we need a distraction from what we're feeling internally. So it seems to me like these medicines are just one way that you can calm down, but then also tune into your life and what really needs to shift and change. And I love that. Intuitive people like you are actually at an advantage in some ways with medicine practice, because you've already, because of your 
sensitivity you've already had to learn to live right in a way to accommodate your sensitivity because this world let's face it is not designed for sensitive people yeah. <laughs> at all and so if you already have those skills of, of navigation um it's very very helpful right and i say and this might be a stereotype so please call me out on it if i'm wrong but i feel sometimes some people with the bigger dosing experiences. I think sometimes too, a lot of people, we live so armored, so guarded. Usually that is not my experience. I have always had the tendency to go the other way, but a lot of people do. They live very armored and very guarded because you learn to do that to survive in this world that sometimes you need something to come and break the shell. And I would think that sometimes those bigger experiences are what we need so we can wake up and go, oh my God, this has been here all along. I would assume microdosing is a little bit different than that, right? Microdosing is more of a gentle nudge. Absolutely. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, part of when people come to me and I spend time with each and every person personally, understanding their intentions, what's calling to them and where are they in their life in terms of their own emotional stability, their level of happiness and fulfillment. Some people, like you said, are so armored, guarded. They have numbed themselves to such an extent that microdosing is going to be too subtle for them. Yeah. Yes. They might need that bigger experience to break through some of those layers of deep pain and conditioning. Yeah. And you'll know, it's making me think of the way that I teach intuition development. When I first started taking intuition development, one of my teachers who is still a dear friend and mentor, but the way that she taught was really about turning up the volume on your intuition, like just waking it up, turning it up. And I learned a lot from her, but one thing that I learned was I did not need to turn it up. I needed to learn to use it. I needed to learn to modify it. I needed to learn how to, you know, tune into what I wanted to tune into and filter out what I didn't, but I did not need to learn to turn it up. The volume level was probably a little too high. And so when I teach, I teach people discernment. I teach people to see where their intuition is flowing. I teach people to tune in to where they're tuning in with their intuition, where it's not serving them. Right. And sometimes I teach them to turn it down to turn down the volume a little bit, because a lot of times we're hearing so many things with our multi-sensory ability that we're hearing nothing at all. And, you know, I think that is probably similar to what you're talking about with the microdosing. Very, very, very similar. And I would say it's, it's true too for emotion. Yeah. Our emotional bodies, you know, we're so underdeveloped emotionally. We have overdeveloped our intellectual capacities as humans, and we've underdeveloped our emotional and intuitive capacities. And so as we relearn and re-remember and kind of teach ourselves those skills again, like I've seen it in practices with our emotions, our emotions are, are a necessary part of us. They're our antenna, you know, they give us so much information about ourselves and we have been so, you know, in society other than anger you know, we're very stunted emotionally. And so I see with people, once they start microdosing practice, they get more in touch with their emotions. They have a broader range of emotion. They're more articulate about their emotion and they have greater mastery and control over utilizing their emotion. If you sit with an emotion long enough and have curiosity around it, it is so much information. And to be able to have that skill, I think is probably very, very similar to developing your intuitive Yes. Capacities and regulating it and really utilizing it in a graceful way 
in our everyday life. Absolutely. Yeah. And intuition is energy. So anywhere where you're block or blocking, you're going to block the flow. And when emotions get really, really loud, and I think about loud emotions are oftentimes when I think of feelings actually is different than emotions. And this is just my nomenclature, but, and I think of emotions are, you know, your body's reaction to your mind. So emotions themselves, the ones that we put labels on still have a lot of mind in them and they can be very, very, very noisy. And so when we learn to drop below there to the level of feeling, that's when that smoke clears. It doesn't mean that we don't honor the emotions. I honor everything. Every dumb thought I have, I say hello to it. <laughs> I'm like, so I just, I just try not to believe that it's true. Oh my God, Casey, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we did this, but we do have to start wrapping up. But the one the more thing I want to ask you before the question I ask everybody, can you walk us through really, 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 really quickly what it looks like to be part of your program and what it looks like to microdose with you. I mean, they're not microdosing with you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Some people do get confused about that. Like, are we yeah. all microdosing on the phone together? No, we're not microdosing together on the phone together. Yeah, absolutely. So people um, in our program, we offer three different tracks. So they're all group-based programs. And I have learned the group dynamic is so fundamental to the practice. Medicines really want us together. Nature wants us to reconnect together. And so it has been so beautiful to watch. We have people all over the country and the world, all different generations. Our age range is 21 to 91 at this point. And so getting everybody with so many different backgrounds is deeply healing in and of itself. Um, It's just the medicine is what's connecting us in our little mycelial network together. So we start off in a six-week cycle and kind of that's just opening the door to practice. And so the sixth week, there's an online course and program to help people walk through the program. Most people microdose in the morning to begin with. Eventually it becomes intuitive, but at the outset, we kind of introduce microdosing practice similar as what one would to a new meditation practice or a new yoga practice, having kind of a consistent framework and a structure around until you tap back into your intuition it gives you consistency, stability, yeah. and really prepares you, lays the foundation for the deeper work to come. So it's a combination of microdosing experience, the education around it, as well as the group container to kind of hold your experience and personal development as you work through the, the process. Very, very common question we get is, how on earth do I, if I'm working with mushrooms, how do I get that? You know, how do I get them? And it's people all over the country. We teach people how to cultivate within the course. Wow. So the future, I think, of you know, healing in general is really getting back and remembering how to empower ourselves to grow our own food, to create right. our own medicines, to share our knowledge with each other of, of how to tend the land and steward the land and get back to those basic things. And so to me, growing your own medicines, one, it's the safest, simplest, most accessible way, right. but it's also deeply, deeply spiritually empowering to cultivate and have a relationship like truly with your own medicines that are with you. So we do have legal factors, unfortunately, because of Nixon and the drug war that we're still trying to overcome the politics of it. But the decriminalization movement is spreading very rapidly around the country for gift, grow, gather, you know, protections for people who are just doing this for themselves, for their own healing and their own spiritual practice. 
to protect people in those instances. So hopefully that movement will continue to grow and spread. But yeah, that's the basic structure. All right. Beautiful. That is great information. All right. Last question. I asked this to everybody on the show. How do you experience your intuition? Yeah, mine has definitely changed and evolved definitely with medicine practice. And you speak about guides all the time. So I'm happy that I can speak. I've always growing up had a sense of my guide around. I could feel them and I would kind of get vague messages and dreams sometime. But when I began microdosing earth medicine practice, that went to a whole next level. So I just get clear, clear messages when I need guidance with something I just ask. And she's very, very directive with me now of kind of next step. So it's more just a clear download and a voice, um, oftentimes in meditation, sometimes in dreams. But I can speak personally, like this practice has really taken my own, all the things that I had done to lay the foundation of intuitive work really, really were amplified with practice. I love that. (laughs) All right. Casey, if listeners feel called to work with you or learn more about what you do, can you tell us where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. I'm all over online and all the usual places. You can find me at Casey Garrett. Our platform and community lives at microdosingforhealing.com. There's lots of info, videos, frequently asked questions, um, as well as an application to get to know us better on that website. Beautiful. And as always, we'll have all that information in the show notes. Any parting words before we wrap up? This has been so much fun. Just needed to say that. Oh, yeah. I just encourage everybody to be curious. You know, this is such an emerging, expansive, remembering moment. And we have so many layers of context and perspectives and stigma depending on people are coming in. You know, there's the medical model, there's the indigenous model, there's ancient culture and practice. So I really invite everybody to be really, really curious and be willing to kind of take off your, you know, our conditioned narrative hat that we've all been wearing in this lifetime and be open to new contexts and new experiences. I love that. All right, Casey, thank you again for being our guest. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this one as much as I did. And thanks again and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patris, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.